Welcome to Pharmacist Diaries, first of all, Shilpa. It's really um, lovely to have you with me on the podcast today. And also, um, I want to share my gratitude for you making the time um, to come and uh, share your journey with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Anisha. I really appreciate being invited onto this podcast um, and look forward to sharing my experiences and you know what, what I've been getting up to lately. Absolutely. Um, I guess I always ask this question um, when I start the podcast is why you chose to become a pharmacist in the first place. <laughs> Maybe quite a typical answer. I would have thought I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And my parents said, you've got to go down the science route. You've got three or four options. And they kind of, my sister was a, is a dentist and my other sister's a pharmacist. So it, it kind of, it, I don't think at 18, I really knew what I wanted to do. So I kind of fell into it. I grew up in Norway. So um, one of my, we, we used to come to England a lot and uh, during, during holidays and one of the uh, courses that I could get onto in England, which I couldn't get onto in Norway, was pharmacy. So I kind of got onto the pharmacy course at Brighton Uni just um, so I could move away from home and uh, explore the world, kind of. Um, so yeah, so so that's really what what made me come to to Brighton Uni and, and study pharmacy. Nice. What were your um, family doing in Norway? Um, they've lived there for almost 50 years now, I think. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, so when um, when a lot of the East Africans uh, kind of moved to uh, England, um, my mum was working for an oil company in Nairobi. And okay. uh, so um, rather than using kind of her British passport to come over here, she got a transfer with work. So she was one of the first... Um, Indians in Norway um 50 oh, years ago so cool and, yeah so my mom and dad moved over didn't know anyone just moved to this kind of yeah white place in the middle of nowhere which they'd never heard of before and then yeah I was born there nice well what was it like growing up there compared to I guess what your children have uh experienced growing up here it's it Norway's a beautiful beautiful place um the people are really chilled, really relaxed. Um, things work more efficiently than here, I'd say. Um, things are quite organised. Everything's very structured. Um, it's not very multicultural. So you know, I was the only kind of brown person that I that I knew of in my in my school in my village. Um, and I came to Brighton and felt like, whoa, you know, this is this is this was very different for me to to suddenly kind of in the middle of um this multicultural uh town um and uh, and i i felt like i i fitted in really well here and i've kind of stayed here ever since um my family's still in norway so i do go back um quite often so um yeah. your children enjoy going to visit them yeah always. yeah yeah they 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 do enjoy they've um started skiing and you know, oh, amazing sports is one of the first things you learn when you're there so so yeah yeah Oh, that's good. Oh, well, it's nice, I guess. I mean, oh, my parents are 10 minutes down the road, um, which is a luxury um, when you need help with childcare, especially when you've got a toddler or, a, you know, a, a young four-year-old, when you need a bit of a break on the weekend or whatever, yeah. um, parents kind of come to the rescue, right? Yeah. Or if you're stuck at work and you need your mom to help you pick up your, your child if they're not well or whatever, you know, they, they're available. 
Exactly. And it it is nice. Like I'm, I've been raised in a family which has extended and spent t- spent a lot of time with grandparents and cousins, aunts, uncles, and I'm so close with a lot of those members of my family. Um, that when we were living out in um, UAE and Liliana was born, I did have a lot of guilt associated with being so far away um, from them, you know, a seven hour flight, because I felt bad that she wouldn't have that same kind of experience. But, um, you know, it's also really special for your children to obviously go school holidays and vacations out to visit your parents, because it just feels like that quality time is there as well. So you kind of get the best of both. But that's a really nice experience. Um, Mm. Quite cool as well. Yeah, we we had a similar thing. We were thinking of moving out to Australia, and we went out oh, there yeah. for a few, for about eight or nine weeks. We we were out there, and I looked for for job. You know, I found a pharmacist job there, and um, and and we had the same thing. This was before kind of Facebook and 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 WhatsApp, and you know, so communicating was really really hard. Um, and I I must be sixteen years ago because I had just had my daughter, and we just felt like we had no communication with 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 europe um and we just found it really really difficult to to stay in touch with with people here mm. um but yeah i'm 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 in a similar situation now because we moved back to brighton again uh after so we qualified and moved to london and then we moved back to brighton because my in-laws live here okay. um so i've got them kind of down the road and then recently my mum moved over as well so I've got her three or four doors away. So, so yeah, we've got a really nice um, network set up now. Where, whereas the first five years of motherhood, I didn't have any help. I, I, I don't even, I don't think we even went to to the cinema for the first five years when we were on our own. And now we can do anything because we've got loads of childcare, loads of help. No, that's great. I mean, it's it's nice to have that kind of little mini network as well close by. Um, it's nice for the kids to spend time with uh, family members and really kind of weekends. Lovely, yeah. Weekends pass so quickly. Like I might pop over to my mum's house on the weekend for a cup of tea and it lasts like, you know, two and a half hours. And, you know, if we're bored at home. You know, we haven't had many plans recently with my pregnancy kind of coming to an end. Um, we might just pop over to visit mum, but it's three hours. She just, you know, enjoys spending time with my dad, like goes in the garden, like helps them with gardening and watering plants. And I get to relax, put my feet up for a little while. It's quite, it's quite nice. Yeah, well, you've I do got it. a four-year-old. I remember what that was like. <laughs> yeah, constant I, entertainment. I'm a bit you. older now, so so it it makes things so much easier once they're once they're a bit older. Yeah, I look for, I, I can't, I, you know, obviously I look forward to that. At the same time, obviously we miss all the snuggles and cuddles and them being needy and you're like, why are you rejecting me and closing your door and wanting privacy and, and all of those things. So it's, um, yeah, uh, you know, that yeah, transition just, into parenthood. I've just been introduced to the teenage years. Um, yeah, yeah. Good luck. It's been quite tough, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it has been. I'm sure it has been. I, I, I'm worried about because I've obviously got one girl. I've got a boy coming. What it's going to be like? Um, oh, that's what I've got. So you've got a yeah. four-year gap between your two, and I've got yeah. a four-year gap, and my, oh, my nice. old one's a girl, and the young one's um, a boy. He still gives me loads of cuddles. Excellent, excellent, really lovely. <laughs> Good. 
Well, let's hope for the best for me. Um, I guess so. You came to the UK, went to Brighton University. What What were your passions in terms of um, what you enjoyed in university, and where could you see yourself mm. um, working at that time? I, I think during university, I was actually really, really confused. I, did, you know, I. I I hadn't quite, I found university really, really difficult. Um, mm. I found kind of adapting to to living in a new country and, you know, I, I think I had quite a difficult time, but I just kind of got through it. I made loads of really, really good friends who, who you know, supported me through it. Um, and uh, it was kind of just, I don't think I, I thought about the future a lot. It was just kind of getting through those four years at university and, and you know, seeing where I'd end up. Um, I was, you know, the plan was, because uh, I was here on a, on a scholarship from, from Norway and because there was a shortage of uh, pharmacists in Norway. So I had kind of signed a, a contract to say I'd, I'd be back back in Norway again. Um, and then I met my my lovely husband uh, at uni and uh, decided to stay here. So I kind of had to to negotiate with them to let me stay here. And I did my pre reg. So I, I, I would have the plan was I would have gone back home again to to do my pre reg. Um, but yeah, I stayed here and uh, it was all quite kind of last minute. So I ended up in a t- in a pharmacy in Dartford, uh, a place I'd never heard of before, and kind of. Um, moved to London uh, all by myself and you know so so I think things just happened really really quickly for me and I wasn't really thinking um, long term at the time it was just a matter of Mm. kind of getting the qualification most people at the time used to go down the community pharmacy route so I just kind of went along with 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 what was going on you know Um, and I went down the community pharmacy route um, got a job locally not, not far from there in Gravesend um, so I um, I worked in Gravesend for about five years, and I ran a really lovely little kind of village pharmacy, um, and that's probably where I kind of learned all my skills and and you know learned how to be a pharmacist. It's really difficult, isn't it, when you when you first come out newly qualified and and you realise that you the real world is very different to what you've learned at university and yeah. You know, suddenly feel like you have to you have to learn everything kind of all over again <laughs> yeah no um I've, ha- I've had this discussion a couple of times um with other pharmacists that you do go on placements and um you know but they're quite short uh during university um and a few pharmacists I've interviewed have um who are older um who've gone to universities with the sandwich courses where they've had two six-month placements within the university degree have found that that has been really beneficial for them to apply the knowledge that they've learned at a university level, which I think is a great idea as well. And we're kind of taking a 360 by kind of moving towards that direction for the future is trying to integrate placements like um, UEA is doing um, at the moment, I think, where they have um students come to the hospital uh for six months like you know in their second year I think at university and then they do a further six months later and they combine it it's effectively a pre-reg year within the course itself 
um, which I think is a great idea because it gets it allows the student as well to explore the skills and actually put them into practice and see where they fit in into the pharmacy world because you get you know a crazy amount of information overload as a student from everything uh, you know biology chemistry organic chemistry pharmaceutics you know consultation skills all the clinical knowledge that you have to learn I mean you're just literally a machine of taking in information but then it's really difficult to know that actually what elements of this information and how it links with the skill as to what I'm going to be doing in a day-to-day job and how do I know that I'm going to love my job because I enjoyed a pharmaceutics module you know how do I know that that's what I'm going to enjoy because sometimes the information doesn't always necessarily link with what you do on a day-to-day basis um and there is a lot as well like in terms of students I think now coming out of university and 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 struggling a little bit like when they first get their um you know initial job because it's just like you you get hit in the face you know with like quite a lot of responsibility and um you know in community pharmacy I've had this discussion before as you're you're on your own you know sometimes as a locum or if it's a small pharmacy and you're the only one there you're you're suddenly responsible for other people working mm. with you for mm. a whole host of patients you know computer systems everything and though the pre-reg year is there to train you towards that it's still quite difficult to then start on that first day for some mm. people you know, it's not everyone is like super confident and kind of can go into an environment um, and just get on with it. There are people who kind of need a, a slower transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I feel like during the pre-reg year, you know, I, I learned so much because it's it's putting that theory into practice, isn't it? And it's just um, getting getting your hands dirty and just, just going in there. But like working because I work with a lot of doctors now and you know they they get to do all these placements and and I, and I just keep thinking you know why were we not given that opportunity at the time you know and, mm. I, and I keep thinking that that the degree course need needs a bit of kind of rejigging and, and you say it probably is I haven't kind of looked into it recently but it it just feels like um you know we we should have had more placements we should have had more um, on the job kind of uh, experience uh, bef- before we yeah literally the day after pre-reg you're in charge of a pharmacy and I know <laughs> it's madness running it and and, uh, and and like I keep saying it, it went so quickly for me that I've never kind of thought back to to what it felt like but it you know to to, to go through that again right now I think it, it'd be really daunting and and yeah, I, I think we were just um, we were probably more resilient at the time, uh, and we we just kind of put up with things. But when I look back now, I think how how did I just go into day one and just be able to run a pharmacy? You know? Um, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of, um, especially with community as well. Like there is a lot of business, you know, related to running a pharmacy. Um, you know, even you know all the procurement and ordering, and and mm. you, you may do that. Mm. in in your 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 pre-reg year but I don't know how much people get exposed to it a lot of the time 
they are on the counter or dispensing or practicing checking, you know, getting things signed off because there's a million and one things to get signed off in terms of their training year. Um, but how much exposure do they get to finance and budgeting and, mm. um, you know, procurement, yeah. distribution, all of that, uh, you know, to go to day one and be like, oh, by the way, I need to make loads of orders today. How do I do that? Um, you know, it's quite it's quite um, overwhelming. I think I think you just end up learning on the job without yeah. realizing it because I've had um, skills that I didn't even realize I had. And uh, the other day uh, I was at one of our kind of partner meetings and one of the GPs said, oh, put Shilpa in charge of that because she's got the business background. And I thought, I haven't got business background, but to them, they 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 all think I'm trained in business. And, and I remember reacting to it and thinking, why, why do you think I've got a business background? But from just the skills that you learn by being a community pharmacist you you don't realize the things you're picking up over the years and I you know I was a community pharmacist for probably about 17 years and I picked up so many skills which I never realized would help me kind of like when I transitioned over to GP pharmacy um so so I I, I really feel like having that community pharmacy basis has taught me so much um mm. Without even realizing, without realizing, it's it's we're not taught to really sell ourselves, are we? In this career, in this career pathway, um, we're 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 we we follow rules. We're we're very good at implementing policy, um, and kind of setting guidelines in place. We're good at um, using information that we've gathered from you know resource after resource and then communicating that really well to patients or GPs we're 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 assertive when it comes to negotiation in terms of uh, what's clinically appropriate for a patient and saying to a GP actually no we're not happy with this dose etc though we're in our comfort zone for all of those things but we also have so many other skills that you just use on a day-to-day basis, but you don't actually think in your mind that they have any value. And then when you leave a specific area of pharmacy, so you've left community pharmacy and moved into GP land, and then you're like, okay, well, when I go for the interview, there are certain things that are transferable skills, which I have to sell in this interview in order to get this job because I'm moving from from one area of practice to another and I need to demonstrate that I can do this and how do I do that and then you start reflecting on your experience what you've been getting up to and then you're like oh my god Mm. when you Mm. see it on paper this is exactly Mm. what happened to me Mm. came back from Abu Dhabi having worked in emergency services with ambulances and paramedics Um, And also a hospital job at Cleveland Clinic, which is an American organization. And then coming home, coming back to the NHS. And I was like, oh, my God, how do I sell myself? But when I started writing it down and I started genuinely reflecting on all the projects that I achieved, like services implemented, um, experiences I had been through as an individual in these jobs, I was like, oh my goodness, I've got so much to offer. Mm. And the entire time that I was living there and working there, I didn't um, like have faith or like I didn't feel positive about the things that I was doing 
inside me like I felt like I was doing a good job I love what I was doing I was enjoying it but I didn't actually see the value in how that would help me to then progress my career in any way shape or form mm. until mm. the literal moment came to start applying for jobs once we moved home and it's just amazing we're just not we're not trained to be be saleswomen or salesmen and 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 actually yeah and seeing what we're what we're what we're worth like Mm. our Mm. self-worth is is a little bit lacking Mm. um but I talk about this a lot on the podcast and I do hope that people who are listening in actually start thinking about themselves and and writing on paper that actually you know this is what I've been up to and I do say to people as well like make sure you keep a diary of all the things that you get up to because you can forget projects that you've worked on you know you just kind of time passes and then you kind of go back to it and think actually this project led to me learning these skills and if you're constantly writing it down and mm-hmm. I guess doing CPD to some extent um, you're able to kind of easily go into an interview or a new setting and be like boom I can do this mm. like, I'm confident I can do this and this is why but um yeah it must have been a different experience for you when you decided to leave community pharmacy maybe we can talk about that a bit what were your thoughts once you decided to kind of yeah, um, transition what what you've just said is has really taken me back to that time um and it's it's made me re- realize what what I went through um I I was I was at a point where I just couldn't work in a community pharmacy anymore I would I'd 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 done it for so many years and I and I really wasn't enjoying it this was six years ago when when community pharmacy I feel was at its worst um um and I ended up leaving the the pharmacy I was working in um I actually walked out in my lunch break because I'd had oh my goodness Mm. (laughs) check you out Shelva I walked out a rebel left the uh the 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 area manager had come down I left him to run the place and I just walked out and never never looked back I kind of actually I did go back in again after an hour and he thought I'd come back and he was really happy but I walked back in again just because I'd left my mobile phone there and I quickly went and got my mobile and I called my husband and I went what's the mortgage situation is it okay if I if I walk out today I you know I I was really I'd hit rock bottom I was I just couldn't do it anymore um and then what, what was the exact kind of like um the reasoning behind um it probably getting to that point it probably been building up for you know two or three years um but I just, I felt, I just didn't feel valued. I didn't feel respected. And um, the day that it all happened, uh, my area manager came in to do a disciplinary on me. Well, it wasn't a disciplinary. It was the the stage before a disciplinary. Um, It was like um, kind of a a facilitated meeting. Um, And the reason they were doing a disciplinary was because I had got the rotor wrong. And I had, I, I had, I had, didn't, it wasn't a clinical error. It was something to do with uh, me not staffing um, the pharmacy correctly on on a Saturday. So we, we, we ended up short staffed and, you know, I apologized for it and everything, but they made me close the dispensary for an hour so I could have this, this meeting. And I just, I just felt like 
there's so many important things going on and and all these clinical you know um I, I kind of felt really scared when I got the phone call because I thought, you know, oh my God, I've done something really bad. I've, I've probably made, you know, a clinical error or something. And when, when I found out that I was being disciplined because of a, a, a rotor situation, I just felt so disrespected. And, and, and I just thought, this isn't, this, this, to me, that wasn't that important compared to everything that I've been doing every day, you know, trying to keep patients alive, mm. trying to keep patients get their correct medication on time, things like that. So, so yeah, I almost feel tearful thinking about it right now. But it was, um, it was, it was a really hard last few months. And, and that kind of was just the, the, the icing on the cake. And I thought, I, ju I just can't take this anymore. And I just walked out. Um, so so it was it was a, a terrible terrible experience um and you know at, at following that i i was advised to 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 go to the doctors and be signed off with stress and 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 all sorts of stuff because i i lost my bonus and i lost my holiday and you know and all these things and i and i just thought you know what i've got a bit of pride i just i don't want to have to go in and and take a sick note in and and, and do all those things so i literally just walked out and, and didn't bother getting signed off sick or anything and I just took the loss and and thought you know karma will play its course and 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 good things will happen and which is what what did happen after that because I um NHS England were doing this um uh new scheme where they were bringing GPs uh bringing pharmacists into GPs surgeries uh to help with the GP workload and I happened to to hear about like some interviews going on in Brighton. Um, and I was kind of at a stage in my life where I, I was just reflecting and thinking, okay, what do I want to do next? What do I want to do next? So I actually booked um, a ticket to India and I thought, right, I'm going to go traveling with my family um, and just and just see what happens when I come back. I'll take a few months off because I've been working for, for, for many, many years. So, so this was kind of around about May time, and I I decided to go traveling, and I was going to come back in September. But the the week before I went off traveling, I got this interview for this NHS uh, England job, and I remember sitting at the airport just as I was leaving to go to India, and I got offered the job, and I I really wasn't expecting to 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 be offered the job because when I went for the interview, I. I truly believe the only person who can work in a GP surgery is a, a clinical pharmacist from the hospital. I thought, I, I, I didn't think community pharmacists were um, clinically competent enough to, to, to compete against a hospital pharmacist. And, and this is where, where that whole kind of feel, not feeling valued, not feeling yeah. confident, you know, comes in play. I, 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 I went to the interview because I thought, okay, oh, right, right, I need to write up a CV. I need to practice, you know, my interview skills. And uh, so, so I kind of went there, so just trying to get through the interview, just answering, you know, just being myself. But, but I didn't, I didn't expect to actually get a job. I think there was four hundred applicants from what I'd heard, so I was really not expecting. And they were, they were trying to fill four positions. So I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to compete against um, the hospital pharmacists. Um, but yeah, so when I got the phone call at the airport um, and they said I'd got the job, um, 
it kind of left me in a dilemma and I was like, oh, what do I do and stuff anyway? So I went went off traveling and I came back quite early. I think I was away for three or four weeks and then um, came back uh, and went straight into the job because they said, you either need to start now or, you know, we're, we're going to have to give it to the next person. And my plan was to be off for the next four or five months. But yeah, I'm really, really, really glad that I decided to, to take the job because uh, I didn't realize how how big an impact on my life this this job would have had uh, after you know following that it's good that you raise that because I think a lot of people within community feel the same way Mm -hmm. I think it's 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 a very common struggle Mm. but between community and hospital there's completely different skills Mm. and I feel like society within our profession has kind of made people feel that the hospital job is better Mm, mm. but actually you just use a whole host of different skills there's lots of things that community pharmacists would do um that hospital pharmacists would be uncomfortable with and there are a lot of hospital pharmacists who would struggle like even myself would struggle to go into a community pharmacy and locum Mm, mm. like I've locumed recently but I've chosen a very sort of quiet pharmacy which and a weekend where I know it's relatively simple issues that are going to arise and it's not you're not responsible for the for the daily hustle that Mm. would come in during the week and it's not that I'm not capable of doing the work it's just an unfamiliar environment Mm. But I think for community pharmacists, there's always been this perception that once you're in community, you can't really leave. Mm. Mm. Um, And thank goodness things are changing because Mm. um, it's a shame that people Mm. have felt that way because your self-worth does kind of feel on the lower end that I'm kind of stuck. Mm. There are so like even friends of mine who are working in community. I'm like, mm. oh my god! Like, look how many like good CCG roles there are, mm. kind of ICS roles, GP practice roles. Like, so, come out of your job, mm. like see what it's like on the other side. Mm. Do something mm. different, gain other skills. Mm. Um, you know, don't just feel like you're trapped in the nine mm. to five or the nine to six of of working in a Morrison's mm. pharmacy, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and managing and, and kind of like doing the day-to-day hustle, dealing with all the stress of the staff that you work with, the rotor, the weekends, you know, the crazy amount of dispensing and checking that comes through that pharmacy and just being a machine, mm. having to stay late and not getting paid mm. for all the additional work that you're doing. Because if you don't get that work done, who's going to do it? Cause there's no one else around, mm. you know, there are other opportunities Mm. and it's just you have to fight for them and you have to have the confidence in yourself Mm. but I think a lot of people have struggled with that so it's really valuable that you know thanks for sharing like your kind of you know your personal Mm. journey because people need to go out their comfort zone a little bit Mm. and try and I think people need to have faith that actually I can do something else and I should attempt and it's okay if you don't get the job, like mm-hmm. it's okay. You need to learn from that experience, get some feedback and find out how you can do better the next time mm-hmm. or identify what skills you don't have that you missed in that interview opportunity in comparison to someone else and spend the next few months trying to build on those skills so that you can get that job because it's completely doable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just having the confidence to kind of step out your comfort zone. Mm. and 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 it's it's not only the comfort zone it's even like I actually truly believe that I couldn't 
there wasn't a better job than this. I, I, I just thought that even though I wasn't happy where I was, I, I knew I was, I was only working weekdays. I thought if I leave, I'm going to have to work weekends somewhere else, and, and that's not going to suit me with my family life. Um, and, and I was on a really good wage because, it, because I'd been there for so long. So you know, I'd, I'd, um, uh, I had uh, hit all my targets and kind of got yeah. to, to the pay scale I was on. And so I. It, it, as I say, it took me two or three years to, to kind of make that change. But whereas now there, there's so many opportunities and, you know, uh, in my GP practice alone, I've taken on, since I joined six years ago, I've taken on four new pharmacists. So there's five of us at my surgery now and they're all community pharmacists. Um, Amazing. And I know how to work with community pharmacists and I know kind of work, what their work ethic is like. I know... Um, uh, their pace, their their um, kind of risk taking skills, their resilience, you know, all these skills, which, you know, a community pharmacy who's probably listening, you know, today, might not realize they've got that they're all skills that we really, really need in a, in a GP practice. And then and then the whole kind of logic of knowing what happens, for, for instance, if I'm prescribing something today, if you've worked in a community pharmacy, you you understand what what the next steps are. You understand kind of how a blister pack will be made up, you know, uh, and how that will affect the patient. You understand adherence. You understand kind of all the steps that happen afterwards. And and just knowing knowing those kind of things and having that logic is is really helpful um, for someone who joins a GP practice. Um, it's perfection it is it's literally like a jigsaw puzzle mm. it's perfect mm. because there are so many things as hospital pharmacists that I wouldn't know because I haven't worked in community pharmacy regularly mm. or recently mm. even procurement mm. you know is this drug available or mm. where where do I where do I find that information from yeah. you know yeah. um or yeah. can I call a colleague that yeah. I used to work with to say can you get it from AAH you yeah. know like you know the yeah. availability of the drug like mm. you know is it a 30-day supply it's just like it's so easy you know the size of the tablet yeah exactly. you know so when you're actually prescribing something for a patient you kind of know if they've got issues with with swallowing you're like oh yeah no I know that I can mm. get this brand which mm. is much smaller tablet than the other mm. and that insight is just completely invaluable there's yeah. there's so many things that me personally and professionally I wouldn't I wouldn't have any awareness of mm. um you know even how long something takes to to come into stock mm. on a day-to-day basis or what yeah. you know what drugs we do have general supply issues with because the contracts that you have in community pharmacy for ordering are completely different to what we get in hospital mm. and yes we have availability of probably a wider range of medications and lots of weird and wonderful um as hospital pharmacists we have a procurement department we have, you know, actual pharmacists who work just solely in supply chain. So you're not always necessarily involved with what's happening and you kind of contact them for the support in terms of, of getting things in. But if you're a community pharmacist, it's part of your job, like you are responsible for that. So yeah. you've got that active knowledge already. So when you think about it, it's literally like a match made in heaven for mm. for a community pharmacist to move to GP land because you're so aware of the next stage. So you write that prescription 
like a prescriber, but you've got like endless amounts of knowledge as to where the next steps are for that for that patient who comes into your clinic. So it's great. It's perfect. Yeah, um, you're right. It's a it's a perfect match, and 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 so I I would definitely encourage any community pharmacists to to apply for a GP practice role. Absolutely. Uh, and I suppose I suppose the only thing is so I've been mentoring a lot of um, pharmacists moving into GP land and um sometimes it's a very difficult transition uh if you it, it very much depends on the practice and on the gps you're working with so so i've been very lucky because my gps are absolutely amazing and and they took me in kind of with open arms and and they they were open for change and you know they they were happy for me to 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 listen to my opinions and, and, and make those changes. Um, just, you know, even small things like um, uh, I understood, you know, who you could refer to, to the pharmacy. Um, and I've mm. been a whole new process when I first moved in on, on taking workload off of the GP practice and, and sending patients for NMSs, sending them for MURs, sending them to, to go and see their pharmacists. We did this big campaign, but I've worked with, some pharmacists who suge- make suggestions to the GPs and you know some GPs are very um, careful with their their cohort of patients and you know they don't want to share them and um, so, so so there are you know there are um, GP practices that are really really difficult to work with as well and the only you know thing that seems to work is you leave that practice and you go to another one but you know there are so many out there that that are willing to take on kind of pharmacist um help and and support and you know i when i first came into to the practice i was supposed to be running um a contraceptive clinic and a travel vaccine clinic um because that's what i had kind of specialized in and um within probably a month or so i probably ran the, the clinic for about a month and I realized that the prescribing system itself um, was awful at our surgery. Um, receptionists were issuing all the prescriptions and I didn't feel like, you know, drugs were being monitored. And so I, I said to the practice manager, I said, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in this room dealing with these patients, but I can see what's going on at reception every day. And I'm, it was really, really bothering me. And I said, you know what, I'd rather, rather than running a clinic, I'd rather just improve your processes and, um, so I so we shut shut my clinic within a month, and I went over to to just setting up like a prescription team, and uh, getting some of the receptionists trained up to to understand kind of drug monitoring reviews, kind of what what actually needs to be done. And even though I didn't really understand it myself, so I was like looking at nice guidelines, and I was kind of studying every evening, and and you know trying to figure out. Um, what actually needs to be done uh, in a GP practice, but you know that was that was six years ago, and now we've got a team of we've got four prescription team members and five pharmacists, and we all just kind of look after every single medication related query, and we do all the prescribing, the repeat prescribing. We help with um, giving advice on the acute mm. prescribing, um, but kind of. We, we don't let the doctors anywhere near our prescriptions. <laughs> we, we literally have taken over the whole thing. But the safety and, you know, um, the 
the the the patient kind of confidence has, has grown um so much because uh we, we know we're, we're operating really really safely um compared to how we were before and compared to most other surgeries um but there's there's so much you can do and you know after i set that up i i started um uh getting more and more involved in in gp kind of work trying to take the workload off of them um so i've been um upskilling our whole team so we slowly started taking over the antidepressants and we all kind of upskilled in in reviewing antidepressants and then we we started um initiating them as well uh and then we went over so we've kind of done one topic at a time and and now nice. we 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 do kind of all the hypertension we do the whole of cardiology we do um we we even uh, do the ADHD medication we're dealing with benzers so um we we run a very successful benzodiazepine detox clinic um and we're just kind of taking on one one subject at a time and just becoming you know really specializing in in those areas um and and you know i've been doing this for for 6 years and we're working at a really fast pace we just keep moving 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 but there's still so much more to be done and i i feel like you know even in 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 10 years time i'm i'm going to be still thinking of you know workload that can be taken off gps and and moved over to to pharmacists and even just a couple of days ago there was a problem and i went oh well let's just get another pharmacist in and we'll get that sorted so because there's such a shortage of gps um and there's a shortage of nurses whereas we've got all these really competent pharmacists who who could be doing you know all, all these all these like for instance we had um a problem with all the pathology uh so all the blood test results that are coming in um it's it's really really overwhelming so we've upskilled one of uh our pharmacists to to um look at all the results that come in and they they it's taking it's taken a little while because there's a lot kind of involved mm-hmm. in that and uh, and the training's quite difficult to come across because there's no kind of pharmacist specific training mm-hmm. um, but we're putting like protocols in place and we're just kind of um all of us are learning learning it but this this one of my pharmacists is now kind of dealing with most of the pathology um results that come to us um and you know so so it's kind of like we've got the basic skills and and we're just trying to kind of upskill uh to be able to do more and more um and now we can do fit notes as well oh so yeah going to be retraining um this uh I've, I've only just uh, I've been looking for kind of um some education material some training material uh and I ju- I just found some yesterday so we're going to be upskilling the whole team to be able to do fit notes um because we 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 know all the patients really really well we probably know the long term kind of patients um more than the gps do because we we deal with them isn't that incredible mm. that's so cool i mean that when you think about the beginning of our conversation and looking at transferable skills look where you've come from and look how innovation creativity and a bit of confidence has allowed you to actually say to a GP practice and a practice manager that actually let me do this. Let me help with service improvement. Let me look at this 
process that we've got and try and improve it. And it's not necessarily anything specific with community pharmacy or the experience that you've had in the past. But like sometimes when you've come from a different role, it's like your brain is wired to do all of these things, but you can also see that there's problems with the process. And then you're like, okay, well, I'll take the initiative. And I'll step out my comfort zone and try to help to make things a little bit more streamlined because actually I have to utilize this process in my day to day in this clinic that I'm running and kind of what I'm doing with travel and um, travel and what did you say it was? Contraception. Contraception, yeah. Um, That's my pregnancy brain, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, with travel and contraception. And then, you know, it it does impact you and you know in the back of your mind that all of these receptionists are doing repeat prescriptions but deep down you're like really like these patients are not getting reviewed like I can't really sit with that silently and I can't wait for someone else to do anything about it but I have some ideas let me try Mm. and boom look what's Mm. been achieved like this is just like exactly why pharmacy is such an exciting career pathway Mm. and I just love that with these new roles coming out and working in GP practices and just going out your comfort zone, there are so many exciting skills that you can actually utilize, but also things about yourself that you probably didn't even know. Like recently you helped to um, look at the new logo, right? For your, um, for the organization. Mm. I mean, who would have thought you've been developing logos as a pharmacist and then like posting about it on LinkedIn? It's like really exciting. Mm. Um, you know, I, it's it's a really it's it's a great opportunity to mm. to like, you know, learn so many new things and see processes change and mm. it's really rewarding. Mm. So, I'm really happy for you because like it sounds like you've got something really cool going on at work and mm. you know, you're doing all this education and training, you're mentoring people, you're getting reward from your day-to-day job, whatever clinical stuff you're doing in the clinic with patients, but but also with the staff. Like it's it's really nice to have that kind of tight unit team as well and and be part of a community where you're growing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm getting I'm getting so excited unnecessarily <laughs> here, but it is cool. I love it. I love no, it. It has been really really cool. And right right now we've um we've merged with another GP practice, um, and two or three months ago, no, it must be around about February time, the the GPs uh, got together and asked if I could lead the project for the merger. So that's what Aww. I've been posting about quite a lot. Um, so I and you wouldn't believe how much is involved in a, in a merger project um, to the point where like it, it took it, it's been my day job for the last three, four months. And um, we just merged on Friday. Um, and we, you know, so, so I have been involved from, from, you know, sorting out the IT between the two, the, the phone lines, the trying to figure out what our values are. And we've had like, um, external kind of help with, with the, with running workshops to figure out what everyone's Mm. values are. We've had a hundred, we've got a hundred members of staff now, and I was kind of coordinating all their training and making sure kind of everything was streamlined um and then yeah the bit the big one was was coming up with a brand new name and a brand new logo and and now right now i'm i'm uh, after this podcast i'm going to meet a builder to 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 change the whole front look of our kind of surgeries so that they nice. look look the same and you know so i'm i'm getting involved in all sorts of other other kind of things um but at the same time you know i was running a clinic yesterday 
Um, mm. And I'm still running my pharmacy team. I'm getting really, really involved with the receptionists. I'm, I'm kind of, I've been sitting at reception for the last week and just trying to understand how reception works. I've been there six years, but I've never kind of had a chance to sit yeah. and understand that and just to, to make sure all our processes are, are going well. Um, so I'm getting involved in, in, in anything I want to get involved in, really. And yeah. it's, it's to the point where I just, I'm so excited about work all the time. And I just, you know, I, I, I I I just kind of I think about it all the time but you know because I'm I don't really I don't stress about things so so it's not like it worries me but I get really excited and I'm just like constantly thinking about new ideas and I mm. know that I can make loads of changes and I can you know implement these things um yeah definitely so, and like getting involved with all this operational work is also quite exciting in terms of skills development and um you know service improvement I just I love it project management I love it I discovered that when I worked in Abu Dhabi because I did so much and then I realized wow this is fun I really enjoy it it's really rewarding I never thought that I would be doing this as part of my job and now any opportunity that comes up where a service can be improved boom I'm there like I put my hands up to Mm. kind of support Mm. um and and this is one of the beauties of kind of sharing this on the podcast is really like for me is understanding my passions and what I love within pharmacy and Mm. just going for it Mm. and finding those opportunities to do things that you truly enjoy and it sounds like Mm. you love everything um and it it is great it's a great opportunity for you now to obviously you're, you're your your children are older and you've got that freedom so I'm happy for you and I really appreciate the time that you've given to the podcast today and I feel like we've got a lot out of this conversation and and um you know you've you've shared a lot about who who you are and who you've become over the years oh yeah no I've really enjoyed enjoyed it myself as well um it's been great thinking back to to what we've been achieving and and you know what I've been doing um yeah really really enjoyed this good 